Hi, this is TGE the podcast episode forty four. I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about a stars born, and I've seen three of the four in the last week. With me today is Tyler. Whoa. Tyler, how are you? Good, Sven. How are you doing? Doing good. Busy. Star fever. Yeah, it's hard to watch them back to back. It's like I know what's going to happen. No surprises. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird watching it, and I guess this will, we should probably, I assume, address that there might be a spoiler of A Star is Born, but I oddly didn't see it coming, even though I'd seen the other ones, and was, I don't know. I don't know. Who am I disappointed with? Me? I don't know. Maybe you didn't see it becoming, because it wasn't set up really elegantly. Wow. Well, Sven's going to have some thoughts on this. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. It turns out you can merely ask Siri to subscribe to the podcast, and Siri will do so. Likewise, you can subscribe on Spotify. You can subscribe on Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And also, we should point out at the beginning of the show that the music that you hear at the end every week by Curta Music, he has a new album out. <laughs> I didn't know I can't I didn't know how to make that transition. <laughs> um but yeah, so Curta if you enjoy if you enjoy the the little play out that we do, Sven edited an episode and played the whole song out. He has a whole new album that you can get uh by checking out his curtamusic.com or wherever wherever you listen to music it's everywhere also and i think there's like a dollar digital download of the whole thing this week or something oh cool the whole album for a dollar i don't understand him <laughs> he is yeah he he you can get it i got it on itunes so i'm basically paying more to listen to it on itunes but he claims that it's better for him to charge a dollar for the whole album than and than we go the straight to him. get from spotify yeah that's great yeah i'll do that that's awesome. That's a deal. So yeah, I really like that song. Yeah, and he's all about doing the music for the music. So nice. It's not in it for the money. Yet. Unlike us. Unlike unlike a star is born. What a perfect episode. <laughs> Why were they in it for the money? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, no, I think there's just parallels. Yeah, oh, obviously they the they weren't. You could have a, an evil view that that took that stance, yeah. but I don't. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I think it was Bradley Cooper excited being a director, and I think he did a great job for a first-time director. Do you think that's it. what the movie was about? <laughs> well, I think that's that's how it eventually happened, right? I know it was a very tumultuous journey for this film. I don't know, many years of development, different people attached, different versions of a script, and then mm -hmm. I guess... Yeah, they were going to do a Clint Eastwood? Happened. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He Clint came Eastwood, on board. Will Smith and Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. And once he came on board, Lady Gaga was like six months later, right? Something like that. And then it was a done deal. Well, supposedly, yeah, Eastwood talked to him about it, and he was like, there's no way I could do that. Are you crazy? It's just totally intimidated by the concept of this role i mean i think singing uh, along with you know whatever else and then saw something that inspired him to to give it a try and then eastwood had bailed at that point and then somehow he be, he thought this should be the one he took a shot at directing again hugely risky i feel like it's a very challenging first movie to direct especially if you're not a musician yeah good heavens and then uh and did it he did it and it's the music is good on both sides they both, I thought, really, that's the best part of the whole film. Yeah, the music's good. I think the influence of David O. Russell, who he'd worked with a lot, is obviously played a huge part in his approach to it, okay. which is cool. And, of course, 
we would also note that the film is edited by Jay Cassidy because I think we'll see. I don't know what Sven thinks about this, but I feel like the editing plays a big part in the success of it, especially the scene we're about to see. And Jay Cassidy, of course, did movies like Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle for David O. Russell, both of which had Cooper in them, as well as Joy. And also I should point out that David O. Russell has like a really interesting approach to editing. Oh, yeah. Where he will have multiple editors just working on the film and will kind of hop from like room to room and see which version he likes the best is, is my understanding of it. Okay. They may even be doing the same scene, which I think is super interesting and I think is very maybe freeing. I don't know to understand like the creative approach of editing, that it is like an individual can have a certain stamp on it that a different person is not going to, even working with the same footage. So is that why Joy has like three or four different editors on there? I mean, I always thought it was Tom Cross, but then I looked and I guess Cassidy was also credited with it. And then I saw two more people in there. Is it, So yeah. they, they all cut at the same time, the same movie, or they split up the movie? Do you know anything about this? That's that I hear I hear my my understanding from what I remember is that it is multiple editors will even be working on the same scene. And then if something he feels like something locks in, he'll be like, yo, 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 I don't I'm adding dialogue. I don't know how he talks. But he'll be like, come to come to Jay's room. You see you see that scene like, boom, this is it. So I don't know. It sounds it sounds like really creatively exciting to me, but I could also understand you know, as a career editor, you might want to just be the editor on that film. Like, how how would you feel about that, Sven? Um, it sounds intriguing to me. It sounds more interesting than what I see Michael Bay is doing, who has a team of editors, but they're all like, it feels like it's a basketball team. And <laughs> they're like just mapping out a gameplay and just tossing the ball back and forth. And it's it seems very random how, how the films are cut. At least from what I saw from one video where they where like they showed a whole meeting between the editors and Michael Bay. Anyway, I'm drifting. This I could actually No, no, I think it's important and also yeah, I think that's on a lot of bigger films you'll find that there's two. Some are doing action scenes, some maybe you can bring the comedy into it if it's a Marvel film or something like that. Yeah. I mean again, it's the invisible art form. The editor never gets their appreciation, but it is a weird divide and I'm very curious what uh, the listeners think. Let us know your thoughts. Sven's going to post it on Twitter. We did a shout out last week onto Twitter. <laughs> we did a shout out in the podcast, like, no, we make our comments on Twitter. And then turns out, I, I don't believe it was posted on Twitter the episode last week. Oh, I totally, uh, I totally forgot to post the last episode, so got away from me. <laughs> I was like, "Let's see how this worked." And it was like, "All right, so we're gonna we're doing it this week on Twitter. We're gonna try to keep the conversation on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, wherever, because clearly it's not happening on thisguyedits.com slash podcast slash comments. It's not. It's it's one. It's either slash podcast or slash comment, and it takes you to Reddit, which uh, yeah, I hear is the the go-to place, but not for this guy edits. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. And why not? Everyone, I mean, you're using Twitter anyways. It just, it's easier for me. Like, I, I hardly ever go check the other ones. I'm like, hey, I have these other things. Yeah, yeah. For but sure. anyhow, what? I digress. Yeah, what's going on this week? What's happening? Well, Cooper didn't mess around. He just went straight for Cassidy and gave him the only credit. That's good. That's nice. 
So we know who was editing his scenes on the David O. Russell films. <laughs> now, writing, on the other hand, is a little trickier on this film. Yeah, there's many iterations based on a lot of different scripts by a lot of different people. And then, of course, it's alleged that Bradley Cooper rewrote Eric Roth's script, but Eric Roth has done a lot of interviews, and Cooper's been very humble about it, not taking as much credit, but apparently had a large part in the kind of reshaping of it. So who knows, man? Movies are collaborations. I did hear that. Embrace it. A lot of writing was happening on set. I don't know if it's true, but like things were moved around quite a bit. I'm sure it is. And again, not to digress too much, but that is kind of what this podcast is, is you know, craft, craft insight. But rewriting on set isn't that foreign a thing. It right. happens a lot. Like obviously, like Iron Man was rewritten on set every day. I think, I think it happens more than you would expect. And in fact, that was Howard Hawks's approach. Like on movies like Rio Bravo and stuff like that, literally the shooting day would be them getting together, John Wayne, whoever coming in, they would sit there, go through the script for half the day, looking at the scenes that they're going to be working on, kind of reworking them, shaping them to the Duke specifically, et cetera, et cetera. And then the second half of the day would be like just a few takes knocking those things out. So, you know, I mean, there is something special and unique about being on your feet and seeing it and having it happen. And, you know, you don't want to cut yourself off. And as we learned from Roger Nygaard, restraints create opportunity or create creativity or what was it he said? You liked it. I don't know. I forgot. But I was listening to what <laughs> you were saying before that. And I, I do agree that if, you're, if you go into a day prepared and you go in with a game plan and then decide on the day to make changes and throw everything out the window, I think that's really powerful. But sometimes that's not how it happens. Sometimes it's like, we don't know what we're doing. I've lost track of what the story is, but we have this location now and we're kind of at this <laughs> point in the movie where we need to get to this point. What are we going to do? And then you see yeah, the a lot film of and then sometimes it feels like, okay, you can tell here they're just sort of cutting a corner. Right. And, but also like a lot of fun, that's where the exploration has. Like it's always said that Scorsese or Thelma Schoonmaker will say, the editor of Scorsese's films, that a Martin Scorsese screenplay or someone who wrote a screenplay for one of his films doesn't really represent the finished film or what it, what it will become. Likewise, there's that fun YouTube video of David Lynch screaming when they're trying to cut, shorten his, the time he has on a set for mm -hmm. Twin Peaks The Return because he's like, that's, I need the time because that's when the dreams happen because <laughs> he likes to find things on the set. And just to kind of give myself a segue, but yeah, so as Roger was saying, constraints create creativity. So that's a lot of the reason that once Larry David gets on set for Curb Your Enthusiasm, that's why the improvisation is preferred. Yeah, but he also said keep that in mind. Larry took weeks and months to come up with the treatment and the game plan. Yes, so indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, not to, not to shorten it. Yeah. And then likewise, as a filmmaker, you always want to give yourself opportunities once you've nailed the thing you were going for. It is film. It's not theater. Yep. You know, treat it a little freer and experiment with stuff because you never know in editing what you're going to discover that... that gives you that extra insight, gives you that extra moment. Maybe you can lose that line of dialogue because it's in this look, whatever. Oh. So have fun and, and embrace the experimentation. Yeah, no, that is fun. Taking out lines is a lot of which, fun. Which happened a lot on this film for sure. Yes, um, I guess we're in it, right? We sort of had a adventure story is what we call this, like what's happening this week, but we can just keep going. Should I set up the movie? <laughs> Set her um, up. So here we go. This is. But let me wait. Let me just clarify my comment real quick. If we're going to do that, and I'll, I'll edit it together, is of course Bradley Cooper is very influenced by David O. Russell's style, who greatly embraces 
improvisation and trying things on set is a huge part of his process in his films. And you definitely can, there's something just about the quality of it and the performances that you see. And that's evident in this one, I dare say. Yeah. And if you're hearing a chicken in the background, it's because uh, she just laid an egg and she's all proud and she's announcing it to the world. So it'll go on for another minute and then she'll calm down. And I was just thinking that's going to be the most like chopped up, moved around segment I'm ever going to do on this show. And there's going to be chicken squawks to prove it on yeah. parts of it. Yeah. Well, you can always talk, take out my mic when, uh, when I'm not talking. Yeah. So here we go. This is the setup for Star is Born. And this is the 2018 film. It's an American musical romantic drama film produced and directed by Bradley Cooper and written by Eric Roth, Copper and Will Fetters. Cooper and Will Fetters. Okay. <laughs> one say. person only has one name. The third remake right. of the 1937 film of the same name. It stars Cooper. Oh, uh, of course, it's only one name. It's Cooper, Bradley Cooper. So he wrote the script as yeah. well is what they're saying. It stars Bradley Cooper, <laughs> Lady Gaga, <laughs> Dave Sh Chappelle, Andrew Dye Clays, and Sam Elliott. And follows a heart-drinking musician who discovers and falls in love with a younger singer. It remarks. It marks the third remake of the original 1937 film, which I've seen, after the 1954 musical, which I haven't seen, and the 1976 musical, mm. which I sort of saw last week. <laughs> uh, so here's the story. Talks of a remake of A Star is Born began in 2011 with Clint Eastwood attached to direct and Beyonce set to star. The film was in development hell for several years with various actors approached to co-star, including Christian Bale, Leonardo DiCaprio, Will Smith, and Tom Cruise. In March 2016, Cooper signed on to star and direct and Lady Gaga joined that cast in August of the same year. Principal photography began at the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival in April 2017. There we go. Oh, no, here we go. Well, More they really stuff. took their time on it, too, because they, they filmed that stuff really early, and then it was they really held it for a long time before they released it, because I think they felt like they had a winner they wanted to drop in awards season. Oh, okay, interesting. So they finished the film, and then they held on, is what you're saying? They didn't I don't think, like... not shelved it, but I, I got the vibe that they really... They worked shooting. on it a lot that cooper really kind of massaged it in the editing a lot and i think there were times when it was like oh no what have i done yeah well i mean it really is a great idea to shoot stuff at coachella because it looks amazing especially the opening <laughs> of the film and you're like how did they pull it off and then you sort of see that roof and the palm trees and i kind of was guessing they just sort of swooped into a film fest uh, into a music festival and just got a couple of shots but it's a lot of production value mm -hmm. okay anyway yeah i've also been watching terrence malick's song the song this last week which filmed a lot at austin music fest i feel like okay cool is he still doing the malick thing or did he stop doing the malick thing because he said he was gonna <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> Like, uh, he's not doing the free flow anymore as much. The well, that movie's from a couple of years ago, and he was definitively still doing it. So. Okay. <laughs> Reminds me of Veep. Um, a Star is Born premiered at the 75th Venice International Film Festival in 2018 and was theatrically released in October 2018 by Warner. It was a huge commercial success, grossing over $434 million worldwide and received critical Yay. acclaim. Did they win Oscars? I think Lady Gaga did, right? 
Uh, it got nominated for a lot. She definitely won for song. He did not get nominated for directing. It got Best Picture nomination, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Supporting Actor. It won for Best Original Song, and that's it. And he was. It was a widely, widely commented on snubbing of Cooper for director, and Sean Penn weighed in, complimenting him as the ultimate winner of the year for what he'd done, mm-hmm. even though he didn't get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay that he didn't get nominated. <laughs> I think he did a really great job on the film, but I think it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a best directing film. I would dare say that his directing is the best part of the film. Okay. Oddly. Well, yeah, I maybe. counteract. It's, it's hard to, t- I'll tell you what I, what my problem is. And then you tell me mm-hmm. who's responsible. <laughs> I th- I think they did amazing work in the details. Like the moments are shining. It's great. And then the overall structure of the film is just very non-elegant. Like there's some turns in the film where I'm like, okay, you're just doing this because you need to go from A to B and you haven't really, mm-hmm. the characters are not anywhere uh, ready to make these kinds of moves that they're making is what I took away from it. And it's, it's sort of, it grows as you're watching the movie. It seems to, to build up more and more <laughs> up to the, up to his choice at the end. Yeah. So I would agree with that, but I would add that my experience watching it was, I thought it started off tremendously and then, yeah, like you're saying, but I think, you know, I think the odd thing, if we were to look at it from an editing perspective, is I think there's, that no one comments on the problems you're kind of noticing. I think because it's ultimately, and I know a lot of people love this film, I really enjoyed it, uh, especially the scene we're going to look at, but ultimately I feel like it is a movie that really somehow got saved in the editing. Like the fact it's watchable at all is almost a miracle. And of course the performances are great, the music's great, all that's there, but some some wild cobbling was was needed and took place. And I think to me the biggest problem with the film aside from just the general conceit of how it ends and the message that puts into this into society, my big problem with it is that it's a director who's acting in the film and I think it works very 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 well when it's his film. Mm-hmm. And when it then becomes hers to carry, it does not work as well. Mm-hmm. That was my takeaway. And again, you know, I mean, she's great. She's amazing in the movie. It has qualities you can't, you know, people aren't going to have. A lot of actresses aren't going to have in terms of like the feeling you'll have for her as an audience member in this role, et cetera, et cetera. But just, it just didn't seem carried. And either because he couldn't give it over <laughs> as an actor or... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yes, I think I agree with what you're saying. I feel like sometimes the editing is could be better or maybe it's not really the editor's fault, but the scenes are edited are cut off and we needed mm. more of the characters to struggle before we move on to the where they arrive and it felt like there's a, specifically there's a scene where like Lady Gaga and the manager have like a conflict. And she wants uh, Bradley Cooper to be part of a show or something. He's like, well, that, that's not going to happen. And 
They mm. needed to duke that out, and that was completely cut out of the movie. I felt like probably for timing, and right. So, so there was like a conflict and resolved right away. And there were a bunch of moments like this where I'm like, okay, I can see there was a five minute scene here that didn't make it, and they just moved on. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I kind of think there's like again, that's my whole thing with the Bohemian Rhapsody scene being the greatest scene ever ever edited, is because. Uh, that thing of being like making those hard sacrifices for the ultimate greater good, yeah. you know, cause we don't really know how bad that would shipwreck the movie or drag it to have that. So I just felt like pacing wise in this movie, like I thought the beginning of it, the way that the story moves yeah. was like an amazing example of pacing. I agree. Cause it moves so fast and works very well. It feels very genuine all through it, even through this scene. Like there's mechanisms and tectonic plates shifting <laughs> even in the scene we're going to look at today alone that I think exemplify kind of the way the movie moved and then a little bit after that it kind of starts to to get into trouble. But maybe there is like a great 17-hour version of it. Uh, no, I think <laughs> the pacing is really good. I I actually think it's the most watchable of all four of them because of the pacing. And, well, all three. I haven't seen the Judy Garland one. <laughs> that is great. It's actually when you watch the original, the 1937 moves much slower, but somehow is a much shorter film at the end. Huh. Because they spend a lot of time with the characters and where where they end up. But, and it works. Like, that film can be seen today, and it's it holds up. It's nice. Yeah, I... I I mean, I enjoyed watching this one. It was fun, a fun viewing thing. And like, you know, there's some great performances in there. But I also think there should be a new Star is Born every year was kind of my takeaway. <laughs> like, oh, why don't we get the, the Will Smith Beyonce one this year? I mean, everyone's, <laughs> there's such sequel fever. Why can't we have like just a different take on Star is Born? Well, by the way they're going, the next one will be in 100 years. Because we go from 1937 <laughs> to 1954, which is like, what, 13 years to 1976? It's like almost 30 years and then 2019, which is like 50 years so in <laughs> so 80 years, not in our years. lifetime. There will be another A Star is Born. <laughs> um, anyway, so I think we should look at the scene. I totally con and I'm yes. aware I contradicted myself in this saying that she couldn't carry the movie and yet his directing was the best part of it. And his directing kind of made that <laughs> making it about himself kind of caused that to happen. But I still stand behind my statement. I can't defend it. Yeah. Hop on the comment boards. Let us know what you think. Yeah, well, I I feel like she did a great job. I can see that sometimes it feels a little... Overall, I feel like both of them are too nice in the movie. Like they're protecting themselves wow. a little bit more than they should have. Like he, he's not an asshole at all in this movie, right? Uh, he has moments where he's like... I don't know something. what version you saw. <laughs> where he's doing something inappropriate, sure, I think but he's always nice. He's a good guy. But I think, well, he's a tragic victim. Yeah. And in the original, like, that I do guy, I don't know if that guy is a good guy. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, he's definitely, yeah, I guess if you're comparing it to that, yeah. But I did, I don't know. I guess he's. it's just like Save the Cat, the movie, basically. Yeah. But <laughs> all the time, everything was saving right. cat. He was, we, but that is kind of his whole thing is he is, yeah. it's not about himself. And I don't know. And so sh is she. But also, I think all those things help show that it is like an authentic connection that they have. Because he meets her and immediately 
has that and yeah. it's not like you would typically expect a musician like oh i think i i love you and then then the tour bus moves to chicago and now i'm in love with someone else and then oh hey we're in dresden oh hey guess what i'm going but i think it was good to kind of show that it he knew it was authentic and real uh from the start yeah no that was good what we usually do in this podcast is we take a look at a specific scene and that's what we'll do today there's a link in the description to a publicly available scene and we are actually doing the shallow scene the one that's in every trailer and at first i was like should we really shouldn't we like i love the authenticity scene that i found where he tells her to um keep it real but editing wise i guess mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot to it here i actually found a couple of things so i'm excited that we're actually doing it the scene you're talking about the scene at the Chateau Marmont yeah and it yeah, kind of yeah. seemed like if we're doing Star is Born it's a good opportunity to talk about music and live music and scenes and yeah I don't know what's going to happen whether we're going to get like a, a, a copyright claim or something because you're going to hear her sing and uh, Lady Gaga is not really fond of her music being put up on YouTube and so I don't know what happens in podcast land uh, Yeah, well, this is easy. Kurt is going to do the performance, so <laughs> we're going to use his music through through the scene. Or if you want, I'm happy to just take all her singing out and have a nice, easy edit. Yeah, no, we'll we'll just go for it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what right. are we doing, Sven? So we're bringing up the scene. We're going to count it down. We're going to watch it through one time, describing what's going on. We might hear Lady Gaga in the background very softly emoting, and then... We'll talk about some editing and some filmmaking afterwards and see what we can take away from it. And there's a lot. Awesome. Little setup. This is a concert, and she was just invited by him to show up. So he flew her in a private jet. Her, his private chauffeur brought her there. She's backstage. He's about to sing um, an arrangement that he came up with a song that he er that she earlier sort of play to him in a 7-Eleven parking lot and he invites her to come up on stage and join in. This is where we are. Yeah, he's heard it once. He, yeah, he heard like two lines of the song and made a complete... No, oh, come on. Some, something like that. So here we go. In three, two, one. Click. He's at the mic. This is a profile shot. He's looking backstage. He didn't know she, whether she's going to show up or not. She's here and then drops He takes off his camera. There's Look a at lot. these edits here. We're going to talk about that. He walks over to her. Now he's backstage mm -hmm. trying to convince her to come on. And it's great how natural this feels like this is just this thing happening. We're going to see the scene, but there's actually like a real thick, dramatic scene in this. Yeah. And it just seems to be happening so casually. It kind of is great in terms of the whole tone of the whole film. And I so much happening in this shot. I, I love this experience camera it. work here. It's like just this floating steady cam that just stays with them. And then him, as he walks back on stage, goes back up on the mic. Somebody gives him the guitar back. And because of the aspect ratio and stuff, you get to experience her friend's whole, you know, it's great. You kind of get to edit yourself watching that shot, which yeah. we'll talk about. Lighting is beautiful. It's like this red and teal, uh, bluish. Mm -hmm. He starts playing. There were a couple of back and forth. The camera is still kind of floating. Low angle on him as he plays the guitar. 
eye level on her as she's like taking it in. She can't believe it's her song. He's singing. And that he remembers it. Holy shit. I can't remember what we talked about we were going to say on this show and he's just ripping lyrics. Profile shot of him. It's like slowly moving. I guess it's handheld, not steady cam. Like it has a flow to it. It's not a NYPD blue kind of handheld. We'll come on her. Listeners. And this is like this is the favorite shot in my movie right now. She's like thinking about should I come on stage? And the camera is like slightly backing off, and then she like makes that leap, and the camera just stays on her, walking back, tracking back, turning yeah, she into can't a even profile on her. Not a fan of this cut here. I'll talk about that. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I just, yeah, that thing of her deciding, it's like, there's just so much embedded in this that's going yeah, on. Like, like, don't cut like, away. It really is about the music, ultimately, is what it feels like. She's like, wow, he really got this song right, along with everything else that it means. Yeah. But ultimately, it just feels like, I got to be part of this. Yeah, we're cutting between her and him to have their sort of medium singles. His like backup guitarist being introduced. Yeah. <laughs> so in the moment we're gonna cut to staying on her. Little reaction on him. He's like thrilled that she's going for it. She's covering your eyes. Real sweet moment. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. And again, like she's so great. Yeah, she does. Like I can't imagine what this movie would be. Okay, with. this shot here, he's low angle, just against the black and like a fog of white. So they're kind of a little separated right now, which I think is a setup for what's mm-hmm. about to happen. Mm-hmm. So he's like, they're not connecting at this point. They're on their own, doing their thing, and then he walks over and tells her, "Come to the main mic," and she does it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a great. This is this is nice, nice editing. And it's not now he's in the background, overly dramatized way where it's like slow mo of her being born as a star. Where it's just this, it just kind of happens very naturally. Here's a little missed opportunity. Um, Like she was spreading her wings, like the business of the actors, and we don't see it. Mm -hmm. We're just sort of yeah, but that's. So I was gonna say though that I like that that it's not overusing the audience it's just keeping it tight and personal we're staying close it's like now it's coming to her like she's realizing the moment that's I I think her performance in this is outstanding like you can really tell Mm -hmm. like for a person that's never done this before her character like how this is sinking in yeah and yeah, I like the close stuff, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, and then she sort of and then breaks down, boom. crying. It's over. I Beautiful. Um, it's so interesting to see her do this scene, and she's playing a character who's singing for the very first time in front of a huge audience. And then I would recommend all the listeners to go on YouTube and look for her doing the same song in Las Vegas with Bradley. Like she invites Bradley to come on stage because he happens <laughs> to be in Las Vegas. And that performance is a completely different take on it, and it's amazing. Like, 
they're like sort of reuniting and it has it's even i mean i don't know if you saw the oscars how they performed there which was kind of a sweet moment and people were like oh they're so in love la 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 no they're just playing characters <laughs> um but that las vegas thing you could that friendship that experience that they went through together it's amazing to experience highly recommend watching that let's 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 debate this real quick let's yes. debate this real quick so there's a couple a couple thoughts yes one because i always do me. my thing of like maybe I, I always i always contemplate the practicalities of the filming so the thing that i like about the close-up is the way that i like that that plays out and kind of this whole scene is it is very much about them and i think there's a lot of more melodramatic ways to to use the audience and cut to the audience and have them being like like swooning and stuff like that but to hold on her and not go to those wider shots i think is really great for a lot of reasons because it just involves you in her experience more and kind of in that same idea of you know psycho not seeing the knife stab you're kind of then getting to fill this in and realize oh shit this is happening but you're realizing it from her perspective which is much more what she would be experiencing she can't really see the audience it's just like whoa i'm like crushing it and there's people here yeah, and stuff yeah. like that but also and then although i totally get what you're saying but then also maybe they didn't have that in the wide because i was just I gonna know, say again, they probably don't have it right it could be they they did this after the crowds left you know and it's just the let's get her close up and it's like oh well that's it yeah she probably she might have <laughs> well, just done that. this one time because she was just swept up and they just didn't get the right shot and they, I'm not but saying this should be a white shot. Up. It sh- it should just show her arms a little more, like <laughs> because she's doing something really interesting there. Like she, it's it's almost like she's flying, is what it feels like to her. And it's it's this instinctive yeah. move that she did as an actress, and and did her business, what we call business is like what they do with their hands and whatever. <laughs> and they just didn't they didn't get the shot. But it's still, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. Staying in the shot, if you don't have another choice, absolutely do it. It's still... Oh, I no, I was saying I prefer it even without the other choice. I'd still prefer it tight. If I would have been in the, the editing room there, I definitely would have locked, looked for that shot and tr- played around with it. And maybe it just didn't work. I don't know. But to me, it felt like, oh, f- why can't we see this? Why can't I be part of this? But my fear is that it would work too well. Mm. Yeah, it could be. That, that it just just becomes too too strong of a of a moment. But then also, I wonder if that dude's getting that close up when they're in front of the actual audience. Like where where would that shot be? Because there's I'm assuming it's a male camera operator. I'm assuming he's going to be in the shot. Yeah, true, true. When I mean, unless she did it a couple of times, I don't know. I mean, do we know about this scene? Is this also a stolen scene, or is this? actual set i thought you said this is the one that you could tell was at coachella i don't know is it coachella this one i can't tell i'm talking about the uh, definitely the opening of the film is at coachella oh right 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 because yeah, it has that That's metal a good roof. question and here i don't see the metal i don't roof. know but the the point is whether we can dissect it or not i i I don't know. Artistically, I, I like it staying close, but also, you know, sometimes those are the situations you end up in where you arrive at that thing that you might not have done and stayed close for that because you were constrained and like, oh, we can't really go to wide because she only did this once. Yeah. Although someone who's as professional and successful as she is, I, I have a, a I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, this whole film's probably all over the place just based on the way it was done in terms of people trying things and doing little things. So yeah. who knows? But it's fun. It's fun to contemplate. And great points. 
uh, on your side and then just looking at the scene and then we can move on to the next thing but looking at the scene this scene feels to me like this is not a real concert this is like a set Whoa. because you only really have this one wide shot where you see the audience and even that there could have been nobody there this could have been all computer generated audience if you look at some of the Iconia sure. stuff and so on and so forth, how they build a whole stadium, mm -hmm. this scene does not feel like it, it was an actual concert where they just stole a shot between like some superstar performing. It, it always felt weird to me how little they spell, spend on the audience in this scene, but I also always liked that aspect. Yeah, but it maybe sense. it was just a thing where it's a huge computer effect shot, so they're like, don't. Because on the other end, then you had the Bohemian Rhapsody like panning through the crowd and stuff, which I kind of liked that this movie didn't do... Yeah, I don't know, a movie called A Star is Born. I feel like it would just take away from it to have like the Beatles moment, yeah, <laughs> like the Ed yeah. Sullivan moments of people like fainting over the aisles and stuff. Yeah. Well, if we do, we want to go like step by step. I have something at 11 seconds. Yeah, let's hear. Okay, so this is kind of the moment where he walks over to her. It's one, two, three, four cuts. And this is probably. To me, it feels like you don't need all this many cuts. You could just stay on him. So why did they cut? Because they need to pace it out. It's, it took too long for him to go from the mic to over to Lady Gaga backstage. Mm -hmm. um, but Which I call an elliptical edit. Yeah, an so edit. it's probably an elliptical edit, and there's a reason why it's there. But it is. it feels a little choppy to me how he like takes off the camera mm -hmm. in the medium close-up. Then we're in a wide shot that's really beautiful and the the camera's on a crane and i would have just stayed on that shot for a lot longer before he were on the reverse of him arriving at lady Gaga. yeah but i uh, sure and maybe the reason for that is that this then becomes like a really long take so I, I the odds of like nailing those things every time might be a little tricky yeah yeah but or uh, they were filming like this is totally on a set somewhere yeah the interaction between them and and him running over was at the real place but yeah, yeah. and if you're a first listener we usually don't really do a like a backseat what they say quarterback thing coaching we'll be like well i would have cut it that way because this is bullshit um we usually well, don't don't don't, <laughs> don't do that we sort of just appreciate the good stuff but I do feel like it's worth pointing out that that moment felt choppy to me. And okay. here you go. Nice edit. Anyway, so we're walking over to her. I really love what's happening between the two. Like the camera just never cuts away as he's trying to convince her to come on stage. And she is resisting and resisting. They're sort of toying with this and he just walks away and says well i'm gonna play this song with you or without you and the camera just stays turns with him we're not cutting i think this is great we're at 52 mm -hmm. seconds right now he's getting the camera all this stuff beautiful no reason to cut so let's not cut and then when we do cut at 101 it's because we need to see her reaction makes total sense and I just like how much drama is just baked into that. It's just a small thing of like turning her to sing, but we're also learning so much about his character. We're learning that he's genuine. We're learning he's going to give her this opportunity because we've kind of been like a little bit like a veal being taken to slaughter from her perspective here. Yeah. You know, she's at work and then suddenly she's in this car and then suddenly she's backstage and it's 
whoa, there's this huge audience. Now he wants me to sing. And then you learn that he's genuine because he, one, he's genuine as a musician because he picked up on everything that she sang, implemented it into a song, did it very quickly, had it ready for her. Just don't get the vibe that this is how the guy picks up girls is kind of what you're realizing through this. Yes. This is a huge opportunity for her and her life's literally going to change and it's not done in a way where it's set up, which would be more generic, which is if you go to this show, your life will change. It's just come to the show and then we get to be with her tight as her life changes. So I think it's, I think it's cool. Yeah, I agree. I and it's, it's cool. so much cool. It's it's also an example of like setting up the drama to carry you through the musical. Because musicals, a lot of times for me, is just, why are you singing exposition at me? And this is just a great example. And it, this works for sports stuff too, like we were talking about last week. It's just the drama so well that that adds to why you're watching this and carrying you through her performance. So yeah. bravo, bravo. But I have to say, as you're describing all this, Again, he's like the nice guy right from the get-go. He's genuine the first time he puts eyes on her, right? And right. So there's not a whole lot of character growth that can really happen in this Except movie. Except that goes totally against the type, which is a good starting True. point for True. character. But <laughs> Sorry. It could be nice for him to be more of an asshole and be like, okay, well, this is another girl that I'm into this week. Oh, wait, no, I really care for her. What am I going to do now? Yeah, but that's the fun of a, a real love at first sight movie, which you don't get that often in as an adult movie that's really successful. Okay. So it's like one good message, love at first sight, and then the ending, not a good message. Okay, fair. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'm at 143. It's sort of that uh, medium close-up on her, full on her face as she's contemplating her decision. And I just love... This is my favorite shot in the movie as right. this plane is flying by. Because um, you're rooting so hard for her. And then also the her friend behind her is so great through all this because it's just this wide shot. And you're norm, we could edit to him, cut to him, get reactions from him. Yeah, and he's but a, holding that wide shot, the, we get to edit it ourselves watching it, which is yeah. really cool. And at 152, the light changes, which I thought was really nice. It goes from red to like bright like just a white light so that it feels even more like she has to make a decision here and you're right like the friend is us at this moment like we're rooting for her to to come up on stage and he does too and he's just full you of want me to just shove her. and i love how the camera <laughs> like at 155 it's like getting ready to back off like it's almost like luring her to come on follow me follow me we're, we're doing this and then at 201 she steps forward and the camera like has to speed up like crazy because she's so determined that she was going to run into the camera it feels like um so right. he, like he's just hurling back for a moment and then he's he's caught up <laughs> and then he can spin around on her we're staying in the shot it's a really beautiful profile floating and bradley's gonna come into frame at 213 and we cut away why do we cut away he like he just we need to see his reward like yes she's doing it and just because no. um of where she is in the song we we cut to her and yeah, you, you I cut just to Lady Gaga when she's singing that's how it works yeah yeah I would have just stayed on that shot for another two years because it was so powerful right 
Um, <laughs> so, but often, you know, ending it maybe gives it more power sometimes. True, but I felt like cheated emotionally. The other thing about making characters likable, like you're talking about, yeah. if she hadn't have given the circumstances especially, if she had been the type to walk out immediately and start singing, I don't know that I can watch a movie about that character. True. <laughs> it's like, yep, this is my moment. Here, here I go. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I know that person. We, we all do. The, the one that wouldn't even hesitate in going out there to take that mic. Yeah, and this, like, oh. this takes some acting from her, right? Or some directing from him. Of course, the whole movie does. That. It's not like... She, she, she doesn't know what that feels like anymore because it's been years before she, she broke. And sure, and Li Liza Minnelli, who I was going to say, Liza Minnelli, who's the daughter of you know Judy Garland, Judy yeah. Garland, the other Star Is Born star, talks about how on her Inside the Actors Studio episode, how learning to be a singer was great training for being an actor because every single moment when you're singing a song, when you're performing, you're you have meaning and you have motivation and it means something in the way that every moment of acting does. So it always translate nice, translates nicely. Yeah. I definitely love what she's doing. I, I think her performance in this scene is Oscar worthy. She got one. Well, for singing. What are you saying? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not for acting is what I'm saying. I, so, and then everything else is good. I mean, I really love how she's like singing and then she's realizing, Oh fuck, I'm singing. And then she's like belting it out and she's like, oh, Jesus, did I just do that? The way she covers her eyes. I think this is all instinct on her. If not, she is really a great actress. Or Jay Cassidy's just a great editor. So <laughs> I like that we're just like questioning Lady Gaga. No, <laughs> no one else gets this scrutiny on this show. At 403, we're finally cutting to a master. Like this crane shot again where we get to enjoy her standing there and the audience in the background and just like these two lights in the distance that uh, light them both up. It's a beautiful, rewarding shot. And it's not overused. It's only used once, well, technically twice, one time when he walked over to get her. It's cool. Very cool. Most of the stuff is really profiles between the two. So there you go. Now, in future weeks, we had a little bit of a debate. Maybe we could get some feedback on about what stuff we were going to do. We talked about maybe doing a scene from an earlier Star is Born. We talked about doing something from Nicholas Wenning Ruffin's Too Old to Die Young on Amazon. Uh, I forget. I feel like we had some more. But if you have other stuff you'd like us to do, please let us know. We're definitely down. I was thinking at, also give... about Gone with the Wind because Roger mentioned... Oh, right, right, right. That was the one. Yeah. That it's uh, not computable to him that there are students out there who have not seen that film. So I thought maybe we can throw in a little incentive for people to revisit the film give a little motivation in a couple of weeks we're going to do gone with the wind so check it out if you can yeah and then it'll be remade four times i've never looked at it under the scrutiny of an editor's eye because it's been too long Ooh. as always thank you to Curta for the music if you like what you're hearing in his music you can get the new album it's available all over the place curtamusic.com if you like what you're hearing on the podcast subscribe tell a friend about the podcast we really appreciate how it's growing we appreciate the feedback we do get that we're now moving to twitter so check it out there and subscribe on itunes spotify stitcher and as sven always says at this guy edits is the twitter account and happy editing Oh, very valid. Very valid. <laughs> Stand inside phones and TV shows about tweets.
speakers There's no sane zone to put your head between the speakers There's no sane zone to put your head between the speakers My life is a cheap joke, a dumb rap trope Complex in rising circles of uninspired art smoke Historical, but parenthetical side No, we awoke inside a city that needs a drug to be provoked Like my life Learn to inherit merit in unthinkable ways And do the right thing three out of the five working days I know that sentence is quite the conundrum But the average working reader is most definitely a dum-dum I separate myself and anybody else that paid the ten bucks To put it on your hard drive or album shelf Trying to be a someone is absolutely no fun I'd get more attention if I waved a fucking gun So should I control my cyberspace campaign fate To mitigate my cookie intake Hold the faith you won't shake In the frozen section's ability to help a bachelor bake And everything's fine because I'll just feed to the fake Jake Everything is fine If it happens to the fake Jake Appending Interior Emotional Earthquake Beneath your friend's rug Like the hate behind your face Everything is fine If it happens to the fake Jake yeah, Everything is fine If it happens to the fake Jake yeah, Everything is fine If it happens to the fake Jake yeah, Everything is fine If it happens to the fake Jake yeah, Everything We also wanted to give a shout out to John Ottman for releasing his, just as an example to everyone, John Ottman, who's our dream guest for this show, for releasing a script that he had his assistant editor write for a standalone X-Men movie for The Beast he thought was cool, and then released online because Simon Kinberg, who was heading the, fran- the X-Men franchise at the time, you know, wouldn't read it because it, he didn't want it to unduly influence what he was working on. But just another example of, you know, editing, like we, everyone we talked to, understanding the whole of the process of film, every department is good for you. So you don't have to be painted into a bucket, but if you're not an editor and you're listening to the podcast, maybe try editing something this summer. You'll learn a lot about whatever it is that you want to do. Doing stuff, taking action, always good. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I think that remained positive. I think so. I think we did good.